welcome to our podcast, podcast number three. Uh, today we're going to be talking about As I Lay Dying by William Faulkner. We're probably going to do two parts of this, um, just because we think there's a lot to talk about and it's going to take up a lot of time. So we'll split it into two, make it to more listenable chunks. All right, yeah, so this novel is about the Bundren family, um, and it is split into 15 different perspectives, seven of which are the Bundrens, Mm -hmm. Um, and it is about Addie Bundren, who is the mother. Um, She passes away, and the family needs to transport her body to Jackson, um, which is where she's from, um, so that they can bury her there. It is her dying wish to be buried there, and it takes them a little over a week yeah. To get there. Um, and then while they're on their way there, uh, they face a lot of challenges physically, mentally. Yeah. A lot happens. Socially. Yeah. Social challenges. Yeah. Because these people are from backwoods, like country. Yeah. And they roll up in their wagon and there are people who are driving cars. Yeah. So I think that kind of just sets the stage. These people are a little bit. They don't wear shoes. Outcast. Yeah maybe not the typical American family of the 1920s and 1930s. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like our theme of our podcast, um, last week we made a discovery. Um, we talked about, is the American dream about survival? Dang it, about surviving or thriving? <laughs> yeah. I think I didn't say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that we kind of wanted to introduce because characters are so... They, they either are th- like thriving or surviving. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that is part of the American dream. So how it's going to kind of work now is when we talk about... Now Elizabeth can see my notes because I have it laying flat. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about like surprise each other with our opinions on whether characters are surviving or thriving. Um, I think sometimes or most of the times, most of the time, our opinion is going to line up. But I have a feeling sometimes it won't or reasons why won't. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll be, that'll be interesting. Um, so let's jump in to just kind of talking about these characters. So we see like three real characters that are kind of shaped out, three female characters. Mm -hmm. We have Cora, Addie, and Dewey Dell, which we'll be talking about next week or next time, Dewey Dell, because she'll get her own. Got a lot to say about her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we kind of wanted to talk about the two like mother figures that were given throughout this book and then kind of half character because she gets a couple lines and that's it but I think she's worth talking about yes so I want to start with Cora the second voice that we hear in the book she's yeah. age like six she is the Bundren's neighbor um she's a very pious Christian woman um she's very focused on the Christian duty um and we kind of decided she's kind of the picture of domesticity she's yeah, exactly the homemaker um she's when we first see her she's talking about baking cakes um because I think that was Addie's job originally, because she eventually compares herself to Addie. Yeah, she says that Addie was a good baker, too. Yeah, and so... That's kind of the first perspective we see of, right? Yeah, that Addie. is, the, like, the first woman we're introduced to is yeah. Cora. Mm-hmm. And, like, she is, the, like, the perfect woman, I yes. guess. I guess perfect in this sense. Yeah. She's the wife, the mother. Because we see her in that role. We see her, like, as the homemaker, then the mother, then mm-hmm. the wife. Um, which I think is worth in, um, mentioning about her being a wife with her husband. Do you got thoughts on that? Like, the whole, like, she runs that house. Yeah. She, she's definitely in charge. 
Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, I mean, I don't, oh, I guess maybe not in charge, but her husband definitely follows her lead. Yeah. He follows what she says. Um, she is the one who tells him, like, he is, her husband is named Vernon or referred to as Toll. Like, mm-hmm. she is the one that tells him, like, it's time. You got to get these people help. Mm-hmm. to get their wife buried or mother buried um and he's a little bit resistant on that but mm-hmm. she's not submissive no not, what not she at all fact i think but it works like she's not put down for being outspoken mm-hmm. it's just kind of the way things are for the family i th- think that's interesting too because these people are out in the country mm-hmm. so i wonder if we would have gotten a different woman perspective or a different type of woman if we'd if these the had been city. town people. Yeah. But I feel like the story wouldn't fly if these people were town people because yeah. there are just things that are happening. A um, lot. It's a lot. <laughs> uh, she is, like we mentioned earlier, very pious. Mm-hmm. And she sees that as part of her Christian duty. Like, she is loud and Christian proud. Yeah, and her and Addie kind of clash on that. Yeah. We see. She um, addresses Addie about that, about her religion, and tells her, like, you have to believe, or, like, this is not going to go well. And they can't really see each other's perspective. There's not any give. Mm -hmm. Because I think we get two very, like, contrasting women. We get a woman who is very religious and strong and like that's a woman, her whole foundation is yeah like her religion and then we get another woman who's very strong but not religious and they fight each other because that's not gonna happen and i think that's interesting um and so that plays out i think during eddie's funeral yes exactly um, when cora is the one singing loudly Till the very end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Her husband gives a perspective. He's like, she's yeah. still singing. <laughs> still going. Um, yeah, because she was kind of, she was the most vocal about disapproving of Addie's behavior. Yeah. So we kind of thought maybe it was, did she feel like she failed at her duty of yeah. getting her back on the right path? So is it the idea that I sing louder that maybe this woman is going to heaven? Because I think she has a hard time because, as, like, many non-believers, like, people who are believers about non-believers do, as, like, this person's dead, there's, like, no hope for their soul. Like, mm-hmm. this is it. She's not going to heaven. Um, but also, maybe she's doing a little bit of mourning her own failure. Yeah. She did not Christianize no. this woman. Mm-mm. Okay, so I guess our undercurrent as well is, like, the American dream, and I feel like we had an easier time talking about the American dream with these set of characters because, oh, I'm squeaky, um, <laughs> because they are, Amer- like, they mm-hmm. are in an American identity rather than a Native American identity yes. um, with a different set of cultures. Um, so do you think she fits into this American dream? Definitely. Um, when I think about, like, 1920, 1930, I think of the homemaker, the wife, mm-hmm. moral compass. Um I think she definitely fits that. And I think in the 20s, when we're looking post-World War One, we do see women that are not as frail because they, have, they haven't had the opportunity to be as frail. Mm-hmm. Um, and she definitely plays that out. 
yeah. but she also I know in the 20s religion was kind of starting to get a little bit shaky and people were like why are all these bad things happening if a god is real um but she's pretty concrete in that but I think mm-hmm. that might help that she's out in the country she's not really in with I don't want to say contemporary society but they're living a different type of life yeah um but yeah I don't know. So, is she living the American dream? Is she stri- like surviving or is she thriving? What do you think? I think she is thriving. Why? Um, you know, she has a good relationship with her husband. I mean, I guess you can't really say, you know, is there love there, but there's definitely like a mutual respect and they look out for one another. They've got their children. She's got her religion and her home, and I think that's kind of what she's all about. And I I don't know. I would think that she's definitely thriving okay so um i don't want to say i struggled with this because i started with surviving um because she's running a home Mm -hmm. um and it appears that maybe her existence is happy but i think at this point in time she's doing a little bit of survival because i think they're struggling a little bit and i think that i don't know i just i didn't get the feeling that she was happy but I don't know yeah. if thrive. I feel like in my mind, thriving and happy are are have to coexist. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where my idea that she is surviving comes from. When you say surviving, do you mean like? Because I know in the beginning of her first section, she's talking about how she had to take away eggs every week so that they weren't like losing money. Is that like mm-hmm. what you're like financial? Yeah, and I'm thinking about how that first in that first part where she's talking about the cakes and she's like she's supposed to go out and sell cakes to town and then come like the woman's like no I don't want them anymore mm-hmm. and like that's the family like the family's not going to get any money from that yeah um so yeah I think I, I mean and at this point in time we're looking you know right before the great depression mm-hmm. like things farmers are going to be the ones who struggle first yeah and I wonder if that's Faulkner's kind of um I don't know, looking at that, and I don't think, I mean, he wouldn't have known that the depression was coming, but, like, these farmers started really struggling, and then that's kind of, then there was a big crash, so I, mm-hmm. I don't know if that has something to do with it, um, but we wanted to talk about Cora and Addie at the same time, so we talked about Cora, this very pious woman who's strong-willed and is the runner of her household, mm-hmm. um, but I think we need to talk about Addie, who's also strong-willed, I think the only thing they don't have in common is she's not religious. So what does that do yeah, um, for her? I mean, okay, so Addie is the center of the novel. Um, she's definitely um, very developed, which is interesting because she only speaks once. Um, all of her character development is through the perspective of others. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't think they're that similar, though. Okay, why not? Um, okay, so... I think her purpose is definitely to show the role of women. Um, So she, in the beginning of her section, she talks about how she's told by her father um, that the reason for living was to be ready to be dead for a long time, and she definitely feels that very deep. She kind of hates her own existence, I I think. I I think, I don't want to diagnose anyone, but I think at this point it would would be relatively safe to say that this woman was depressed. Yeah. She was really not content with her her living situation yeah or existence um because she constantly talks about rather being dead than alive yeah which is really sad morbid yeah, yeah. um she's yeah. A, she's a school teacher so obviously she was 
some kind of education. Mm -hmm. um, but her treatment of her students is kind of <laughs> terrifying. Um, didn't like she them. Enjoyed, didn't she enjoy, like, whipping them? Yes, when they were bad. Yeah. Um, and that's, like, taking out her own anger on just life. Yeah. I think she's definitely... I don't know. She... Maybe she had... A vision for her life. I don't even know what it would have been, and it wasn't playing out. Is this she really could be, and I guess we're jumping a little bit, but I feel like now is the appropriate time. Um, she really could be like the symbolism of the discontent woman. Yes. Like her yeah, option definitely. was to be a school teacher until you find a husband, and then you're a wife. Yes. And we see like if you look at a lot of stories that are from this point in time, the woman is almost always a wife or mm -hmm. some type of teacher. And then she's a mother. She, like, can't be both. Like, she can't be a career woman and a mother. That's yeah. not how that works. No. Um, yeah, so basically, like you said, her only option was marriage. So mm -hmm. she marries aunts. 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 I've been calling him aunts, but that could oh, be Oh, interesting. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then, so when she marries him, she kind of fulfills her role. Like, she gives him two kids. Like, that's that's yeah. it. And then there's that passage um, in there, and she says, like, oh, like... I, I'm ready to die now. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like she almost feels herself as some type of animal. Yeah. Um, which is interesting if you look at really the sad. rest of her family, too, mm -hmm. and their behavior. It's more animalistic than it is peopleistic. It's not a word, but <laughs> I guess I guess, <laughs> like that's where we can go is, like, yeah. she, it's almost like things that are just living to breed and then die. Mm -hmm. uh, insects and animals are like that. Yeah. I don't have any specifics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it's it's really sad that like that's what she saw for her life. Mm -hmm. um, that kind of changes when she has Jewel. And we kind of talked about how he's different because it was of her own choice yes, to have him. Because of the affair. So Jewel is a child of an affair. Yes. Um, with a minister, mm -hmm. which is interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of that too. Yeah. And it, it's interesting that like... Once she gets to have this child on her own will with a man she, we're assuming, really likes or loves. Mm -hmm. um, and now she's given some type of content. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting. So what would have happened to Addie if she had married a man she loved? Would her life have been different? I think so. I think she searching for fulfillment and... I think that would have maybe given that to her. Because mm -hmm. um, we see it. She loves Jewel mm -hmm. above all of her other kids. Well, she talks about him in comparison to Christ, which is yes. fascinating. Yes. And how he will crucify, like, she, he is her cross and will crucify her. And that's really just morbid. Yep. I don't know. Um <laughs> She's really con discontent with that situation. Yeah, the so whole thing. Then she feels guilty about the fact that she had an affair. Mm-hmm. Um, which, can we talk about that for a second? The affair with the minister. Do you think that leads to her not believing or not wanting to subscribe to the Christian faith? I think it might add to it, but I think from the beginning she was not a very yeah. religious. But I can see how... Seeing someone who embodies a religion just completely go against everything. Like, he is not living on no. God's word. And then eventually he comes back. Like, when Addie 
when he thinks Addie is dying, the minister comes to talk to aunts or aunts mm-hmm. and tell he wants to tell him man to man that yeah. he had an affair with his wife before Addie tells him. Mm-hmm. And then when he finds out Addie's dead, he's like, oh, God has forgiven me. Yeah. So that's interesting. And I could, if that is the type of character he is, I would not see that being a motivating like, to follow Christ yeah, yeah. <laughs> um if that's yeah the man you love um so she bounces quote unquote let's say bounces back from this yeah. affair and decides that she's going to give ants two more children yeah to, like, which is so weird to think about like she doesn't see having children as like it's just a thing you do like to her yes. it's just like okay i guess i owe him two more it's my role like whatever um, so she does that, and then she's pretty ready to die after that, yeah. I think, is kind of... She has two more children. She's ready to go. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because that last child is the most neglected. Yeah. Um, and I think the most fragile-minded, because he's 12 at the point when his mom dies. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember, did we get a length of time that she has been dying for? I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but just that whole thing would be traumatic as 12, a 12-year-old. 12 of, of course. <laughs> Any age, but, like, especially in... He just disappears, and nobody really even thinks to, like, find him. No. Um, yeah, so... My similarity. So mm-hmm. I was talking about how these two women are similar. I think I see the similarity in their focus on duty. And their focus on having some type of duty. So, mm-hmm. Cora saw it as her Christian duty. Mm-hmm. Like, she saw her role as to help the Christian faith. And uh, Addie was more focused on my role is just a baby maker and then I die. Yeah. So. I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. I know that Addie talks about how she sees, like, she's just talking about words mm-hmm. and how motherhood is just an empty concept. Um, and she's just completely defined by that. Like, that's her whole identity, yeah, is having children. Yeah. But it's not her... The interesting thing is she feels like it's her role, but it's... I wouldn't say it's her identity because she almost wants to disassociate with with her children. Yeah. She doesn't want to really be known as their mother. She doesn't understand... Like, there's this deep passage of, like, she doesn't understand motherhood Mm -hmm. or the point of motherhood. And she says something to the lines of, like, the person who defined motherhood has never been a mother, never mm-hmm. had to be a mother. Um, yeah. I don't know. Now, we talked about her. We got a little bit of insight for everyone, kind of our own opinions. Mm-hmm. Now, American Dream, she's living it technically yeah. by the book. Yeah, educated, had a job, married, had children, can we call her a homemaker? I mean, she said, or Cora said she baked, so... <laughs> I, I have a feeling she did the homemaker duty, but, like, did not. I just can't see... Like, I would love to see how she interacted. Because I know when they were talking about, you know, when Jewel was sleeping all day, 
she was like, all right, everyone just pick up on his chores. Like, so she was running the house. Yeah, and she definitely seemed like a, a motherly role, but I guess we only saw it really with Jewel. We didn't hear what she was like with Vardaman, and I think that's interesting too, and mm-hmm. adds to her character that we are given very few scenes that we see her interact as a mother with her other children. Mm-hmm. We only really see it with Jewel. And I think that has something... Well, yeah, because I'm yeah. sure he was the only one that she even... Yeah. So, she, by the book, yes, yeah, she's, you know, part of the American dream. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think we don't need to contest this with one another. She's just survival. Like, this is pure survival. Yes. Um... She's miserable. <laughs> Searching for a purpose beyond her limitations. Like, she's very limited. Yeah, she would have fallen into the camp of people that were, like, searching, like, existentially, mm-hmm. but struggled with religion. So. Yeah, which is interesting. Where else do you, like, I think religion's the easiest place to look mm. when you need something more. Where else? There, okay, so I'm going to pull in a little bit of theater, and I can make everyone a little bit confused for a minute. So there is an uh, playwright... Um, called Eugene O'Neill, and he kind of goes through this very similar cycle of, like, what is there, like, what is the purpose if we don't believe mm-hmm. in God? And he was not a believer himself, um, and it was just, it almost, I don't want to say proves, but it almost proves that, like, when you're searching for a purpose without a divine thing, like, there's not going to be a lot of happiness. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a character very very similar I I just realized this um very similar to Addie um it sounds so bad I can't remember her name but she is like the mother role in a long day's journey tonight and she is like an alcoholic and struggling with a morphine addiction and she her whole her whole being is like she's had boys and she's cared for them mm-hmm. but she loves the one that is dead the most and like yeah so mm-hmm. She just keeps remembering back to when it was good. So, I guess they're both women of survival. This would have been written around the same time. Um, yeah, I think that this Addie's life is pure survival. I don't know. She's surviving until she's dead, just like her dad says. Yeah. You live until you like live, so you a long time, so you can die for longer, kind of thing. If she were alive today, what do you think she would? Do you think she? Would I don't get think, married. I, see, I cannot confirm the married thing because she had an affair with a man, mm-hmm. and they were very happy together. Mm-hmm. So obviously, like she finds fulfillment in that relationship. But do you think she would? Do you think? Okay, she, she would not have been. I don't want to see when we talked about this last night. So when we planned this out, I was like, I don't think she would have been a mother. Mm-hmm. But she was content with being a mother to a child a that child. she felt she had a choice in having. Yes, Does that makes sense. Yes. So I think because I'm gonna, you know, I could be wrong. I don't think she had very many options. No, she was looking for a man to marry. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so. Because you kind of look at ants and you're like, why yeah. did she pick you? <laughs> no tea. Yeah. He kind of reminds me if, like of a basset hound. Like, they're, <laughs> like, mouths. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe if she had more options, she'd definitely be a career woman. Yeah. Not a teacher. Probably not. Anything else. Um, if she found someone that she loved, I think she 
I could see her, you know, I could see her being married and having children, but with a person she loved that she felt like she could... On her terms. Yeah. Yes. And this wasn't, and I have a feeling Addie would be the type of mom, and this is, I guess, a little bit, I don't know, say stereotypical, but, like, she'd be the type of woman to have children if she was modern day, later in life. Mm-hmm. After yes. she felt like she hit most of her goals. Yes. Um, but I also feel like she would be the type of woman that wouldn't believe that having children is, like, her prime, like, it's... Her she, main, like, yeah. you follow the steps, you get a job, get married, have children. Yeah. She would kind of be her and then have children. Yeah. She was a lot. Which is so interesting because we see it so, like, you only hear from her once. Like, she's the most present but the least present. Mm, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And she, I feel like we infer almost the most about her because mm-hmm. we just get to... And our opinion on Addie could be very different than other people's opinions because we are picking up on the different perspectives of what other people are saying. So someone might be more focused on someone else's perspective of her, which will kind mm-hmm. of color it different. Okay. So we're putting Addie to rest now. Yes. <laughs> um, and we need to talk about one more. We're calling her half, the half character. Yes. Because she... Has one appearance. She that's it. Gets a title. Does not speak. The new Mrs. Bundren. Oh, there <laughs> she, she is. is. <laughs> um, so she's really not a character. Nope. Like we don't hear like get anything. Nope. On her, um, she's very symbolic. Um, did we decide when Anne goes to get tools to bury Addie with? Does is this the woman who he goes to? I don't know. I don't. Because he's very adamant about everybody staying and, like, oh. not coming with him. And when they're leaving, is it Jewel sees a face in the window of a woman? I, Someone sees a face. This, Cash? I don't know. I didn't. I think it may have been Cash, but this is a part I'm not. Yeah. I didn't notice this until the end. The end kind of drew me in, and I yeah. feel like I lost some of it. It was a wild novel, and it just finishes that exact. Even while there's <laughs> yeah. a woman... She's, they're married. Yeah, well, okay, so they bury Addie. Yes. And then Anse goes, he takes the money from Dewey Dell, gets a haircut, gets teeth. <laughs> I don't know how long he was gone for that he yeah. just, like, got a whatever. Um, and then comes back with this woman. What do you make of that? I think it's, okay, I feel as if, this book is just talking about how each person has a duty in life. And I mm-hmm. keep saying the word duty and thinking about, like, sixth graders laughing at me. Um, but has a role in life. So mm-hmm. he fulfills his role as a husband. Mm-hmm. He does exactly what his wife wanted. He buries her where she wanted. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as she's in the ground, he can move on. Yes. But I have a feeling this means he moved on. He mourned her. Closed the door. It, it's all done. It, like, he mourned her before she was even dead. Yeah. I have a feeling, um, because Addie actually talks about how after, after Cash, mm-hmm. she's like, my husband is dead. Like, he doesn't know he's dead, but yes. he's dead. Yes. So I wonder if they would have felt the same, like, the same thing about one another. I like, think so. I think that's fair. Um, I'm curious, did he just, like, meet this woman and within a day? Or, like... I think this, this was, was far away. Long-term. 
how? I don't know. Um, but I'm wondering if if it was reversed and um, Anne's died or aunts or whatever. Yeah. If he died, if all of a sudden we'd be getting in with the Reverend and the Reverend would be married. Well, yeah, but they were, like, just location-wise, closer. Interesting. Isn't Jackson... It was a long... And maybe it was only a long journey because with all the flooding, they had to, like... Didn't they have to, like, take back roads or something? Mm -hmm. Like, they couldn't just go... I got... I got... I don't know. I just think it ended... (laughs) Um, Obviously, she's thriving, but we don't know if she is. uh, But she just got married, so she's a newlywed, so... Good for her. Um, <laughs> I think the main thing to take out of her is that it just proves Addie was as replaceable as she felt. Mm-hmm. And that's really sad. Yep. And that's Faulkner's, Faulkner's view. Faulkner? 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 Oh. <laughs> His view. Um, and, yeah, I guess some closing thoughts that Faulkner was using just this book. From our lens, mm-hmm. as a commentary on the roles of gender and, and duty and, like... Restrictions and... And everyone has a role in society, but they're not important. Yeah. And that's rough. So there you have wow. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll be doing part two sometime next week. Talking about Dewey Dell. We'll dive a little bit more into the... Fondren family drama. Yes. And then we will leave them and talk about somebody else. Yep. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye.